Hello, everyone. Welcome to Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success and really defining that every time we get on the podcast so you get to see this clearer and clearer. I'm super excited today because um, some of you have may have heard references throughout the podcast of season two that season one and season two, where Hallie and I reference a uh, figure in the room um, and who we always go to to kind of fact check to me because, you know, I like to, you know, create things when I'm when I'm on air. So she fact checks this stuff. and um, But also she does a lot more than that. She is also putting together all of the material for our brand, our mission, our company's purpose. Um, she's making it so that it's concrete in the physical space. Uh, and she's just a great addition to our team and we love having her here. So this is Caitlin. She's joining us today. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so we're super excited. What I want to bring uh, Caitlin on to talk about today is from an employee perspective, one of the things that we get a lot from individuals, either leaders coming to me of saying, hey, how do we um, how do we create more of a loyal team? How do I create more loyalty? Or how do we just create more supportiveness in an environment? How do we live our mission? And you have said over and over again, um, just companies that you've worked at previously to where you are now, um, the differences in that these companies kind of do exist in terms of aligning a company's mission with its actions and then bringing people together that are alignment with that and then how that unfolds in the business setting itself. So where we want to go today is walk me through what it is that you saw because you didn't know about our company before when you started looking, but then what was it about the company or its mission or its uh, materials that you saw out there that made you interested in this and kind of take us through that journey? Sure. Um, So I'll just quickly start kind of where I began and so my first job was I was a teacher in high school and I really loved teaching um, but I wasn't didn't feel like the whole school was acting as a cohesive unit and so that was kind of my first experience with like okay I like what I'm doing but the organization itself doesn't feel like the right fit for me and then so from there I went into educational publishing and that was a huge company international 30,000 people very 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 corporate feel Mm -hmm. Um, and I (sighs) felt like I was working (laughs) in a very corporate environment and so it's hard to have a lot of leadership I think at that size of a company and have it consistent throughout the organization so there were some you know I felt like I was looking for things there and um, I remember at the time like searching on Amazon way back when when you know the platform I think probably just sold books um, for a book about bringing consciousness to work and I didn't really find what I was looking for how long ago was that that was so 2006 7 wow so 15 14 years ago that's cool yeah 13 if I can do math right (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I don't (laughs) well that's just pretty cool that you were thinking about consciousness and business really when those terms really weren't interchangeable too which is pretty neat to even hear I love hearing that well my dad was in the business world for a while and he is a huge um, spiritual person and Mm -hmm. he um, was always bringing his spiritual practices to work and so I think it was just something I grew up with and was kind of the seeds were planted so i was psyched when we were launching the business meets spirituality yeah. podcast well what is you know spirituality is like this mystical word people hear it and there's even consciousness and mindfulness and people have these kind of this like they hear these words and they think that, like there's these states right like i always think like when you when people at least in my opinion when people refer to masters or god or christ they're really referring not necessarily to the person they're referring to the state of being that their being was at right that's kind of how i look at that i don't really look at it as a figure or a person sitting in a chair it's just a state 
of being that they achieved, right? So when you hear spirituality, um, so people don't just like, oh, like, oh let's hear another word of spirituality. What does that mean to you? Because just from, from your terms. Yeah, sure. Um, so kind of just the last piece of that story was I read a book about um, company marketing, so called Story Brand, which I'm sure many people have heard of. And the last chapter is about a company's mission statement and how a company lives its brand mission. Um, in the way that it was described, I had not yet experienced this in a company myself yet, but everybody was aligned on this one mission, showed up to work, knew exactly what they were doing, how they were contributing. And so that to me, was spirituality at work and practice because people were serving were serving just constantly yeah. serving and uh, you know I was just envisioning like what would this look like in practice <laughs> where where do these companies exist um, but I imagined you know you weren't having people bickering or you know talking behind people's back as, yeah. at the water cooler or something yeah. because everybody was just so focused on the work at hand and to me that was like the vision of what spirituality would look like at work when we were all serving something beyond ourselves yeah i love that so you know and you have a great perspective because as an as an employee you know people hear me and it's, it's easy to say well you're a leader and you're doing these things and you don't have to necessarily report to people um and i love your perspective on this so when you're looking kind of when you're continuing with your journey like like you, you know, the jobs you had and we were looking for an organization, you kind of defined spirituality for us. What were you looking for? Like, what were the tangible things, right? Like, you know, before we jumped on, I, I mentioned that, you know, people sometimes mention like we're real or authentic in our conversations. And I don't really see it that way. I just see us just really trying to define when somebody says, hey, I need to go hire a talented person or I want to live my mission in my company or I want to bring spirituality in the work. Those are just concepts right and so it really where people get lost is the steps in the concepts themselves so we can break that down for people and so they can see it clearer the clearer you can see something the easier you can bring it into the physical world right you can manifest it easier when you can see it more concretely so what did it look like for you from the outside so maybe there's an employee listening to this and maybe they they want to make a change in their company maybe they're in a company that actually has this type of thing but their ego is getting in their way or on the other side, maybe they are trying to um, manifest or trying to bring more of this alignment of their mission into the company, but the leaders aren't. So what, what, is, what is your take on that and what is your perspective for people going through those things? Sure. So from the outside, I mean, it was really what you guys were putting out there. So your blog, I really got hooked on that and was like, oh, wow, like something is happening here that's unique. And so, and then, you know, looking, you know, you do your research before mm -hmm. you apply and then after you apply and you're having interviews and just kind of seeing what you're putting out in different spaces. Um, and so with that, it was like, oh, there's something interesting going on here. When it really hit me that something different was happening here is when I came in for the interview process. And actually might even been, I um, first interviewed with Erin Torres yes. over the phone and she her, she was like, hi, I'm Erin. I was like, hi, I'm Caitlin. And she was like, so what's the last book you read? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was no small talk. It was yeah. like just getting down to it. Like there's important things to be doing and to discuss and we're going to get after it and just do it. And then when I came in for the interviews within the office, it was the same exact thing. Everybody I met, um, it was just, it, there wasn't wasted time, but it didn't feel like an insult to me. Yeah. It was exciting because yeah. I was like, oh, this place moves. They're making things happen. And when I walked in the office and I saw the values written on the wall, I was like, pinch me. <laughs> like, is this place yeah. for real? And actually, it's kind of funny. I Afterwards, I like started Googling you guys and I was yeah. like, um, it, it's like 
uh, Adam Herkenrather companies like uh, is this place a cult like what yeah, is this yeah, like yeah. it was just it was so because it, it seemed surreal it didn't yeah. seem like it could actually be real um, and it and then you know throughout the interview process I found like oh these people are actually living what they're saying and they're actually making things happen um, making things happen every day so when you when you say living what you're saying just break that down for me a little okay. bit i mean i could say it right i don't want to put you in a spot but just literally just whatever words make sense right you don't have to have some perfect sentence for it but just kind of when when people are an employee or a leader is listening to this and saying okay well i'm attracting somebody who's a really high level talent to come in and by the way i don't know if i mentioned caitlin's director of marketing for all adam her and the company so all of the organizations that we have um so you're operating at a very high level so people want that level of of tom brady's in their world right so what was it that we were living I know you gave some examples in the interview process and things on the wall because I think some companies can have a mission statement that sounds really good. They can put it on the wall, right? Because that's easy to do one time. Um, but what was it? I mean, you mentioned the interview process. Was there anything else that that was there that kind of was like this trigger um, that just was like, oh, that that's how they're living it or that's what they're doing it? And particularly to maybe jog your memory a little bit, and you can just think you can fast forward while you're working if you want, is... Um, during not just good times or tough times, like how do people respond? How do how do leaders act? Um, what did just from your perspective, how are people involved that way when things were going good or things were challenging? Sure. So when we were interviewing, I with all the communication, the cadence, everything was always consistent and constant. I wasn't waiting. Hallie was always incredibly responsive. Um, And just, and it felt like uh, I was coming into an equitable relationship where I wasn't seen as just the employee. Um, I was, my time was being valued. My, my own goals were being valued. And I think that actually is a huge piece once I started working. Hallie and I have weekly check-ins mm-hmm. and we are often talking about my own personal goals um, and to how that sometimes relates to my work and sometimes how it doesn't. And that for me was huge because it said to me that this place cares about me. It cares about me growing. And for me, that was a huge piece was seeing that this was a culture of growth yeah. and the personal growth piece, which is a definitely a part of the overall mes- message, but yeah. it's also reflected in that, you know, how many people on our staff ran half marathons yeah. this year, you know, th- and when you just look at people's own social profiles or the things that they're talking about, what they did with their weekends, you realize that this is a culture um, where people are actually living this growth mentality in a number of different ways. Yeah. And I think when you, when people talk about growth, um, or, or living a cult, culture has a means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? And um, when I look at culture, culture isn't ping pong tables and beer parties on Friday night, or even frankly, even socializing outside of work um, with your coworkers. Now, if that's your thing, that's awesome. There's no right or wrong here, right? I'm just, to me, if that's that happens, it happens, right? But Hallie and I have been working together for what almost ten years now, and we've I've been to her house maybe once, and that was to get dropped off to drive somewhere. Um, and it's not that we don't. And she she would be the first one to say is like you probably know more than anybody else is about my life, but we don't necessarily go like hang out on the weekend. So it doesn't mean necessarily that when they hear culture. I think people feel culture and they feel like. It's fun. That's something activity that we have to do. We have to do a ropes course or something that we've got to go and go to the movies together. Now, those are cool. Those are all fringe benefits. I can, if you want to do that, it's awesome. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But I think culture really is you as each person shows up every day to be the person that somebody else wants to show up for work. 
And if you can, if you can live that life, right, where it's almost living the life that every single moment that passes you by, you raise the moment up so that the moment is better off for having passed by you. That's just the deepest part of it. But if you bring that into like the business setting is how do you show up every day so that you can be somebody that the other person wants to show up for? Because I've worked in closets. I've worked in buildings that are worth $8 million. I've, I mean, I've just, I've been to all the different things. You don't feel any different based on the building that you walk into necessarily after time. Bill Gates, by the way, doesn't feel any different when he walks into his $50 million home than when you walk into your home. The feeling that changes is your interstate. And the interstate is what's changed, not from the external world, but it's through your activities and your actions and how people think and, and operate in their culture. So when people are operating, thinking about culture, it's really you're operating in from a place where you are the person who you can raise people up. Now, raising people up doesn't mean you always give them hugs and tell them what they're doing. It means that you're willing to let go of the part of you that wants to come in and take something from the relationship, and you come in there and you want to give something to the relationship. I teach this in Project U, and this is a big aha for, for several people that run organizations outside of real estate, where um, you're driving into the office, your mind is literally going, Okay, this person needs to do this. They need to get that. Man, that person really needs to get that thing delivered. They need to do this thing. They need to do, like you're just going all and all in your head about what everybody needs to do to serve you, right? And that's what that's why a lot of people are operating. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't work in the way that you want it to. Instead of stopping, waking up, mindfulness just means that you're there. You come into your parking lot, right? And before you go and you take a deep breath, this is just a little technique. Take a deep breath, three, two, one, relax, drop your shoulders, and just say, I am here to raise the moment up. I am here to raise my employees up. If you want to call that serving, you call it whatever you want, but I am here to contribute to whatever life decides to throw today and it happens to be working today, right? And if you come from that place, it's when when somebody's sitting down with you talking about your personal goals, it's not a false sense of I need should be doing this because that's what other people tell me I should be doing. It's It, it doesn't even have to be even that um uh, structured. It can just mean people feel <laughs> whether or not your intention is true or if your intention is just to check a box on something. And that to me, if you want to really get specific with culture, that's where I think people can get cultivated in and breathe with that is the fact that they are feeling their internal state changes based on the actions of the people that are around there. Not because of the environment, necessarily the building. Those are all perks. They're all great. We could be in any building. Yes, it's great to have a mission on the wall. You could have this thing. We have a beautiful building, but we could be in any building. And as long as the people there, think about a vacation that you went on with friends sometime in your life. If you ever went on, well, I'm sure people have. And when you go on this vacation, maybe it rains the entire time and you're swallowing sunny, but you had the best vacation. It was like the coolest thing. Why? Because you were with people that were like-minded, that shared the mission of the vacation the same way you share the mission of your work. And that's when people say it's kind of like work play integration. It's not really work. Like I don't consider work as like punching a time clock. I consider coming here and it's just something that we get to do. I mean, we're getting this opportunity to sit and just the world is spinning <laughs> and you get the world is sp spun what, you know, 150 billion years in a row or times over the course, whatever it is, 15 billion years, 14.8 billion years, and you can't handle 80 of them, 80,000 80, years or 80, or 80 years period, right? So it's just spinning around and you're doing this. So that's what, when we, we talk about living our mission, and I'm gonna turn it back over to you in a second, but when, I, when, I, when we talk about living that mission of your business, 
it's I just want to dive in deep here. It's about you. Self-leadership precedes leadership. And if every employee, when you have a job inside your company, you are an employee. I, I can quickly disseminate myself from when I'm an owner to when I'm an employee. If there's somebody that's in charge of my company and I get inserted in there, I am property of that person. Even though I may own the company, I'm inserting myself as that same employee. So I take that same attitude, right? Of what can I do to show up so that everybody else can be the individual? And you will fail. <laughs> you will struggle. It, look, if you went out there and, and Andre Agassi hit the first tennis ball and didn't go well, he didn't give up, right? No, he sat there and worked and worked and worked and worked until he was able to do it. It's the same thing. Working on yourself is the same thing as just spiritual growth. It's just like when you work out to work your body better, you working inwardly or you're working on your culture the same way. All of these principles are the same. So when you go to exercise, it's harder in the beginning. And then it gets, then maybe you hit a little honeymoon phase in exercise, then it kind of wanes off and you kind of trip. The same thing happens in, in businesses. You may come back from an event, you may read a book and it triggers you to create a new culture. And for 30 days, you create this new culture and then you go back. So where, how do you stay consistent with that? So let me just turn that over to you and ask you that question, if you will, is no, how, how do you stay? The reason why I, I thought about that is because you mentioned, you know, back in 2006, where you were reading, you know, bringing business and spirituality or consciousness in, into business, you stayed consistent on that message, right? So how do you, how, how do you find that message and keep bringing there through the challenges and through, because it wasn't like you found that company the next day, it was years until that. And so, but you still stay true to that message so what was that process like for you um i think for me it was just constantly listening and reading to people that inspired me and i remember being in positions or jobs that i really didn't feel aligned with the company and i actually talked about that um kind of showing up every day and the, what that creates for the culture and i've been in cultures where people have said like, I literally don't like to go into the office, you know, but yeah. people, I think, including myself love coming yes. in here because you physically feel the energy is different here. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's not the building, it's the people. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, all right, I know I'm not in the spot. This is that I want to necessarily be right now, but I'm, I believed deep down that I was there to learn something. And often, I, I, I mean, I, I was learning skills, I was learning um, about leadership, sometimes what not to do, sometimes what to do. I was leading um, a team and learning a lot from that. And so it was constantly kind of what you talk about with um, letting go of the outcome. Yeah. Like I'm here in this moment now, what, what can I learn from this experience? And then just trusting that one thing would lead to the next. And so I just, felt committed to um, constantly surrounding myself with um, that kind of letting go mindset, whether that be at Ashante, mm -hmm. Oprah Super Soul Sunday, yeah. um, the, the Surrender Experiment, which yeah. was like the ultimate business meets spirituality book, yeah. um, and just kind of keeping that belief that like, okay, this has to exist somewhere. And it was funny, I was listening to um, a story brand podcast the other day, and the... Um, guy who hosted Donald Miller, I believe it was he that was talking about um, how he's been maybe in three companies where he feels that energetic difference. And to me, that was just like, yeah, I, I totally agree because that's what I've been looking for. And then when I walked in here, you could feel that it just it just felt different yeah and that three companies out of like a thousand that he's worked in right yeah like, and that's what i think the the fascinating stat was what they were sharing yesterday with me was just like how many this guy turned around 
you know, hundreds of companies. And he said he went into three that actually felt different. Actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was his guest that said it, who yeah. was in charge of like turning around underperforming or performing departments and had been in, you know, hundreds, thousands of companies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things when we were going through our hiring process, because you mentioned that we um, had offered you the position right after our interview process. And I, th I don't know if you, I think you accepted and then, so we were like, great, you're accepted. And then your company came back and offered you another package. And it was interesting because you, you didn't say no or say yes. You actually came back and said, hey, I want to get on a call with both you and Hallie again to make sure that our, our basically our vision and our mission is in alignment again. Walk, just walk me through that because I think when people are hiring talent, these things show up. So, um, you know, we didn't really necessarily change our compensation package, right, if you will, to it. Um, so I think from an employee standpoint, is, is your value strong enough? Look, people can, if people are going to money hunt, they're, for my world, it's not going to be right, right? Because maybe they can, I mean, we, it's not like we try to, it's not like we don't pay people fairly, overly fairly, right? It's, it's not that. But if people really are always in money hunt, no matter what job you're in, you're always going to be looking for an extra 5,000 or 1,000 or 50, whatever number you're at, you're always going to be looking for that extra step. So what was it that in that conversation or during those periods of time that made you say, I'm willing to say no to this new opportunity, the new package that my current employer is offering me, and I'm going to say yes to this one and stay consistent with that? Sure. So, I mean, the last position I was in, I liked the position, I liked the work I was doing, and I liked the people I work with. Um, I... Uh, but I knew, like I said, that there was something happening here and, you know, personal growth has been my passion yeah. for years. So that was huge for me. Um, and so when they offered me that kind of other opportunity, um, you know, I was really weighing the balance of like keeping moving forward in this company that I'm in currently yeah. or jumping ship. And I mean, it was a, it was a change for me before yeah. I was commuting 15 minutes from my house. Yeah. Now I have a double the commute, you yeah, know, double and amount of audible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And so it was a, going to be a little bit of a shift, you know, yeah. into what, what I was used to. Um, so I wanted to make sure that before I did that, that we were just, we were had shared the same vision for the brand yeah. really, because I, believed in what you guys were doing so much and I wanted to make sure that how I was going to be able to help um, and contribute and everything that it was going to be something that we were going to be constantly moving forward on together and that there wasn't going to be any kind of struggle or difference in vision yeah. um, that we just kind of shared that same ultimate goal yeah. and so I yeah just getting on that call for me and hearing that was you know much more important to me than any you know package or anything i mean i think when you want to be serving a purpose through your life and your work that's always going to win out you yeah. know and yeah. i mean for i think for, particularly for certain personality types that i tend to be on the like sensitive side of the spectrum where you <laughs> constantly want to be living your purpose and helping people and whatnot but that's that's really the biggest offer that i could get you know and i mean of course there's always the logistics of like you have a life and a mortgage and like yeah. things have to work yeah. but to have the opportunity to show up and to be contributing to something larger than yourself every day i mean that's hands the hands down winner from from my perspective yeah. and i think from a lot of people out there who are looking for meaningful purposeful work and i've actually just had this conversation like i can't even it's like out of nowhere i've been taught i've talked with you know six or seven people 
and you know people have started asking yeah. me like so do you love what you do like you yeah. know and it's like people are looking for that they're yeah. searching for that so when you find a culture that embodies that and leadership that it doesn't ha- you know i don't feel like you and Hallie have obviously done a lot of work, you know, so you're constantly working on this. Um, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just like mm-hmm. constantly that people are trying to grow, you know, and are working on that. Yeah. You know, if you're, it doesn't, everyone plays at a different level, but if you're willfully working on yourself and you have to honor whatever stage somebody's at, and that's just how I approach everything. I mean, there's a lot of conversations where, you know, somebody isn't necessarily doing or saying even the right thing. But if you try to interject your beliefs at that point with that individual, it's not going to resonate. And so what you do as you're leading somebody, you have to always honor that they're willfully working on themselves and the questions will come as they go through different stages of their life, of their, of their growth, just like it does for you. Just like in every learning phase, there's, you think, you know, something when you're in the phase and then you get out of that phase and you look back and realize you actually didn't know, but you have to realize that happens at every stage. So there, you're always in that same progression level. And so the point is that you share with anybody is yes. Some people may be so far to the left, but if they just read their first book once for the first time in a quarter, that's you're willfully working on yourself. Honor that. Don't judge them for where they're at. Don't say you need to be at where I'm at. It's not your call, right? There's, there's, if you're a spiritual being having a minor physical experience, there's no judgment how anybody lives that out. There's no right or wrong in that sense, right? Right, you have to make money. Wrong that you can't. Right? It's, no, no, no. It's just are you willfully willing to work on yourself and willing to let you go? And if you, the really interesting thing is, if you would take this approach in life, business. This is why. <laughs> Business is this conduit that gives us, so doesn't life, but I just meeting people where they are in the business playing field. Business gives us because it drives so much of your, of your current thinking that all of these things show up all the time that are opportunities to say, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. It doesn't mean you, you surrender in like, if there's a tiger, you lay down and let it eat you, right? People like, you don't surrender or renounce life. It's not that at all. You just come from a place of pure clarity. And so you let go of the outcome and then take massive action towards the outcome. Because what you're doing is you're not letting go of life. Just want people to hear this because I hear people text me, they email me. like I'm not going to let go of life. No, nobody's saying that. I, I understand. Listen, you don't let go of life. You let go of the part of you that wants to control life. Hopefully people can hear that. And when you understand that, then you, as you start letting go of that, life's still going to do its thing. It doesn't matter. It's going to do its thing, whether you agree with it or not. It's going to rain or be in the sun, whether you agree with it or not. Life's going to unfold. Life's going to present an event. Now, if you can, it doesn't mean you go looking for things to go, look, they'll find you, right? People say, well, how do I know if I'm letting go of my stuff? You'll know, right? I dare you the next time you're feeling, I, I shared this with our CEOs yesterday on the call, right? I said, look, I did. that's what I want you to do. Think about a time just coming up in the next day or week or two weeks where you're feeling really great, right? And you are, maybe you had a great date. Maybe you had a great time with your kids. Maybe you just had a great run. Something happened that you're just feeling higher than normal, right? Watch what takes you down. I dare you to watch what takes you down. It's the trigger. Something will come in and take you down. Why? <laughs> right? What? I dare you just to watch that. What triggers you? That's what you release. And if people can see that, it's what tries to take you. You're feeling good. You're feeling high. In one moment, the next moment, something takes you down. I understand the event happened, but you allowed it to close yourself. You allowed it to take you down. The event didn't take you down. 
you allowed it to shut yourself off. That's what you relax to. Then you deal with the event, right? And it's just a, it's a, it's a, when people understand you don't let go of life, you let go of the part of you that wants to control the life. That's actually where the ego, the lower self likes to hang out. There's this, I'm getting a little deep, but there's this really low, there's this energy that wants to come up inside you. That's when, when you like, maybe you get, you know, a huge month and you make a bunch of money that's above the normal amount of money that you would make or you have a child or you, your child says his first words or you go for, and you complete your first Ironman or you know, whatever it is that you do that you feel this rush of energy for this moment, right? You go on vacation and open up, you feel this rush of energy, right? That energy comes down from below, right? Comes up. Well, what happens is, is that energy wants to always come up, but the event, there's things that are blocking it. You've blocked all of that energy. And so when an event triggers that it triggers that event. Like somebody criticizes you, it triggers you inside, right? They say something or unfairly accuse you something and you feel it. What happens is the energy is always trying to go up. It's then trying to push that part of the energy that's stored out to try to get rid of it. It's actually trying to clean itself out and trying to push it out. The problem is we, we can't handle the energy trying to release from us. So what we end up doing is we say, you're not coming up. That person sucks. And this is why they do it. So your mind then goes crazy with thinking and thoughts to try to neutralize the feeling that's trying to come up in a, in a nutshell. So you can follow that. Just even if you just, you just hear this, so I'm just trying to, I don't want it to be, I don't want to go deep on that whole concept though. I just did. If you can hear that, it's just, it's understanding when you're talking about your, your mission and you're talking about how you interact with people on a daily basis when you're living these things out, you can't allow that lower self to dictate how you run your organization. And that's the point of bringing that up into the business sector is if you're running it from that place of you trying to be okay when that energy is trying to come up, you're going to be doing it for self-indexing. You're going to be doing it for self-servicing purposes instead of saying, wow, I didn't really like how this employee acted. And now I feel this rush of energy that's coming up. That's not good. And so I'm going to allow hatred to come out. No, no, no. Let go of that part of you and then fix the situation. That's why business is this opportunity because when things go really well, by the way, we're talking on things when don't go well, but doesn't positive or negative doesn't matter in the sense of spiritual energy. Understand that when something that's really positive shows up and it goes really well, you also cannot allow yourself to be ecstatic, right? You have to, I know it sounds, it doesn't mean you don't enjoy it because you're already being fed from inside. Anyways, so the, the point of this is when you're bringing spirituality into the business context, when you're bringing your mission into the context, there's going to be a lot of things that try to derail you. There's going to be a lot of things that try to pull you or people off. And what I love about what you said, Caitlin, to kind of pull this back around is that from an from an employer standpoint, there are individuals out there who want to share your mission. And that's, I know you wanted to jump on this podcast to share with employees that, Hey, look, there are companies that exist out there. I asked you, you said, what, what is the outcome you wanted from this podcast that people take away? And you said, I want people to know that there's, a, there's this opportunity. There's this companies that exist like this and to not give up. And I love that. I also want people to understand from your standpoint, from my standpoint, that as an owner of a company, there are employees who want to actually be part of what you're doing too. You just may not have found the right alignment. And really the founder and force multiplier started that conversation in the EA chief of staff owner visionary executive world of saying, Hey, there's actually a symbiotic relationship here. And it's the same conversation that we're having here today. So how do you using your creative mind and your creative juice and influence, um, in the marketing world, what is a tip or a tactic or one thing somebody that is listening to this either as an employee or an employer should start to do 
externally, right? So people can at least see it because that's where people get to know who you are, right? And you can hear from me that you should be authentic and true and be real and share vulnerable stories just like we're trying to actually do here, right? Bring that in there from your standpoint. But what are what do people do in an actually marketing world to show their case, to show their mission, to show that they're living it? What What ideas come to mind for people? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is to be totally clear on what it is that you stand for and then just really simplify that drill down drill down drill down clean up your website so it's super i I mean that your whole company can be summed up in a few words and you were doing that before i came on board which was personal growth through business success and then it's just how do you communicate that as simply as possible in every single way and then of course there's places like the blog and the podcast where you can go more in depth and there's uh, there's definitely a time and a place to uh, say a lot more you know and mm-hmm. teach and whatnot yes. but for your overall mission and how you are communicating with people who are just entering your world keep it super simple and then the right ones will get hooked and they'll find their way to the different things uh, parts of your company so how do you know kind of think in somebody's mind they're thinking about this they're thinking like well i've got like three things i want to do right or like four like there's like there's i I want i want profit over here but i want a culture over here like how do they simplify that like how do you get people because you you know we were we had that message but then you came in and actually just did an overhaul brand rehaul right and you got a new website up there you did an amazing job on that it just the feel changed different completely right Uh, in fact that's one of the reasons why this podcast came about from all these different things so you helped simplify that for us which was awesome Awesome. You, you did a good job when we were trying to figure out our simplicity the, the, to what is it? Because, you know, you have, you have, you know, Hallie loves to get more in the, the business gritty, like, hey, it needs to stay there. And then, you know, I, I kind of like hang out both ways and you're kind of more like, hey, this real personal growth over here. So we have this great dynamic that we have in there, right? Um, what you did is you put, you actually took huge pieces of paper, if you remember, oh, yeah. right? No, you did, because this is important for people to hear. Yeah. This is how we actually came up with it, right? Took these big pieces of paper, you kind of storyboarded out, you wrote all these kind of big words down on it, and, and you can probably explain a little better than I did, and then you kind of laid them all out for us, and we sat in these meetings, right? Just Do you remember that? Like, yeah. walk us through that, because I think that's important for people to hear. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm a visual person, so, and I just need, when I'm thinking about ideas, I need a big space, and I love Post-its. Post-its are my favorite, because <laughs> You can take your ideas, write it on a single post-it, and then move it around to kind of organize. And I think that was really the biggest thing. There was so much awesome stuff going on here, and then it just became, how do we organize it? So it was kind of taking what was happening, putting each thing on a post-it, and then starting to kind of sort them into buckets. And where does this belong? Where does this belong? Um, sometimes that was the company, sometimes or a like actual whole entire company. Where does that belong in this overarching message? Sometimes it was a specific product. Um, Sometimes it was the careers page, you know, and really just everything that was important to the company, putting it on a post-it, getting it into buckets and kind of creating an organizational structure around it, which, you know, really kind of guides when we're creating new content now, where does this land Um, and making sure that everything kind of has a place and a home. Um, And you don't want to lay out everything all at once for people. Um, You kind of want to guide them through what they're looking for. So like, for instance, like having a careers page, we have that kind of nestled more under our company page Mm -hmm. because people are curious about the company and then they're going to go to the career page. We don't need... 12 different tabs at the top of our website or on anything that we're doing, we give people one entry point and then guide them to what they're looking for. And so I, that 
it kind of, I think, goes back to what you're talking about when we were looking at those big pieces of paper and post-its. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'll ask you one more question. Um, what frustrates you about the company? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't want really to hear what the answer is. I just want people to actually hear it. That's, like, a, that's a good question. Um, frustrates you? What What would you change? Right? And just... That's a good question. So um, I have a one and a half year old daughter and I think, you know, just being a woman with a child and, you know, I see so many people out there who are in like our conscious coaching Facebook group yeah. and they're like, I have three children and I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like um, I've, I have a lot of mom heroes out there. So if you're listening and you're in the group, you know, you're, you're a mom hero of mine. Um, but yeah, I think just it's, it's not work life balance it's just um figuring it's and it's not necessarily the company it's me as a person i mean i have always worked really hard i have i've worked you know in i have a drive to work so for me it's almost like i can get sucked into the work so easily because i love what we're doing and so for it's for me it's finding that that how do i serve my work how do i serve my family how do i serve you know, the things that are most important to me, what I do love about being here. And I shared with somebody actually recently who I was talking about this whole, like searching for the right company conversation was that you and Hallie coach me as an employee, like, and help me and give me the freedom to figure it out, but you're not going to do it for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I personally, I like that. So like, I know for me in my life right now, like family and work is a balance that I'm constantly navigating and figuring out. And you guys will give me tools. You'll answer my accountability questions (laughs) with really good insights and things to work on, but you're not going to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate that because it says to me that you have faith in me as an adult to figure out my life in the way that it works for me. So, um, so I, that's a roundabout way, but that's it. like what I struggle with. Yeah. Um, but it's also, that's my struggle too. Yeah. You know? Well, I think, uh, well, thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people that are listening are, are have that same struggle, right? I think we all do. It's like, well, when you love what you do, you do get sucked into it. It's like a vacuum. It comes mm-hmm. in. You just want to be part of it. It's also why people in the military want to keep going back over and over because they get sucked in the same type of power into that whole thing. It's just, it's a vacuum that goes up into there. And I think the the thing that, that, that always comes back to me is it's not always about how much time you put into things. Now, there's a time allotment that has to happen, and there's certain times you have to work harder. I understand that. But if, if, you're, if you're always minimizing distractions and focusing on a couple key things that matter more than anything else do, that's, that's the key to being able to have that work-life integration for a lot of things. Um, because the more you can do that. So what happens is when I typically see people working really, really hard and starting to get kind of that burnout feel, which we've done an episode on burnout, right? Um, it's because they, there's, there's too many things they're working on. So then you as a leader have to go, they're all important right here. These four or five things are really important. How do I make sure that people are living this kind of work-life integration by telling them or giving them permission to say no to those two other things so they can actually focus on those things and then build those other stuff, right? Totally. Totally. And I find that when I'm, so I leave the office by 530 every day, which, you know, previously would have been something (laughs) I would have never done, you know? So, um, but you know, my goal really is to be leaving by five, you know, and I, I, 
often find it's me getting in my own way of yeah. why I'm not leaving at the time that I set because at 11 o'clock I feel like I have all the time yeah. in the world you yeah. know so um, and then as the end of the day comes I'm asking myself is this really going to move the needle move on <laughs> you know but it's well, that's great. so yeah so I, I agree with that and just that um, it's really the focus it's not necessarily the work you know awesome and that just dovetails into living your mission is the focus of you coming in there to serve yourself to serve the moment to serve your employees if that word makes sense for you um, and that's how you ultimately live your mission that's how you bring a culture of service right you service right it's, it doesn't mean service doesn't mean you lay down or lackadaisical it's not that word right or it doesn't mean that you're doing it to get something either right it can go both sides of that service means you're coming in there with the purest of intention of being an individual to serve the moment that's up in front of you, which means if you're having interaction with an employee, if you have an interaction with um, your, uh, you know, uh, a client, then you're helping serve that moment. You're doing, life is unfolding for you. you. Just serve the moment that's right there. And if you continue to work on this, keep, one thing that you said, and I'm just gonna end on this, is that the, from a mission brand perspective, the most important thing you can do is be authentic. There is this yearning for authenticity to people to remove the fraudulent characters that they've created of who they think they need to be so that they can actually be themselves. And we're trying to, this podcast and you and I speaking today is giving people permission to go build that and then allow the people who want to be part of that to join you. And when you do that, that's when everybody's in alignment. Hey, before you go in, we go. I wanted to make sure everybody was invited to an amazing community that we have on Facebook. Um, this is a conscious coaching Facebook group. It's hosted by myself and Carrie Heibel, our president of coaching. Look, what I love most about the group is the interaction amongst all the members that are in it that are bringing in questions as how to find talent to how do I get that voice in my head to stop to everything in between. And people are bringing in their experiences and their comments. It's a roadmap and a place to go to as you're on this journey through business and spirituality of mixing and merging the two together, realizing hey, I want to grow spiritually, but I don't want to hang out in a cave and I want to grow business wise, but I don't also want to make it the means to my end of not having meaning in my life. And so this is the community comes together to be able to share these ideas and we tackle a lot of things there. So make sure you go and join. Um, to find the group, just search Join Conscious Coaching on Facebook. And once you do, we look forward to connecting with you there.